Hey everybody. Hey, this week's going to be a little bit different. Paul and I decided to take a different approach and kind of put the uh, infinite banking concept discussion on hold for just a week. We'll be back at it next week. But this week we want to welcome somebody as a guest to talk about something that's uh, a, a pretty serious topic, uh, but something that's definitely dear and uh, near to, to our hearts and probably yours as well. So we'd like to introduce Paul Hutchinson. Paul is a successful business owner, investor, and philanthropist. He's dedicated his life to creating a world where every child can experience safety, freedom, and hope. In 2017, Paul founded the Child Liberation Foundation and has led or held a critical role in over 70 undercover rescue missions in 15 countries. Through his foundation and others that he has helped to start and fund, over 5,000 children have now been liberated. Paul is the primary investor and executive producer of the film Sound of Freedom. The film highlights one of the largest child rescue missions in history with over 120 victims being liberated, in which Paul himself held a pivotal role. So if you have not seen the movie Sound of Freedom, I highly recommend that um, any children probably 11 years old or older should see that. I took all of my kids uh, except the two youngest, and I know uh, Paul has seen it as well. And the, the movie is, is so powerful and it's, it's created such an impact in our country and around the world, which is, which is so good to see. I believe uh, to date about 250 million gross international, but kind of a, was a blockbuster hit and was, was held up from release for about five years, as you'll learn. So we hope you guys enjoy this interview with Mr. Paul Hutchinson and, and take some good things away from it. Thanks. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Hey, we've got a, a really special guest today. Only our spe our second guest ever on this podcast with nearly a hundred episodes. Uh, Paul and I have brought on a another Paul, uh, Paul Hutchinson. Um, so you just heard his bio um, just prior to this. So we're going to go ahead and bring him in, introduce him, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're kind of kind of veer off the normal financial path today and really talk about something more geared towards the heart. And and really, you know, what's going on in this world that that I think needs more awareness, needs to be a lot more awareness created around this and uh, and hopefully some ways that we can all get involved in our own way. So, hey, I'd like to welcome Paul Hutchinson to the show. Paul, thanks for uh, making time for us. Uh, thanks, David. Good to see you. Good to see you, Paul. Good to see you. Yeah. So, Paul, tell us, um, really, you you created a foundation. So. Um, we're going to have another episode with you talking about your business life, which you're a very successful uh, entrepreneur, business owner, um, created an incredibly successful investment fund that you retired from, um, you know, years ago, and and you turned to philanthropy. So um, you created a foundation all around the, the child sex trafficking going on in this world, which is an un unbelievably heinous crime that that I don't think there's enough attention being paid to. Um, I, I, for one, certainly didn't know a whole lot about it uh, before before your movie came out, The Sound of Freedom. Uh, and we'll get into that as well. But can you tell us a little bit about why um, you started this foundation and, and what your mission is? Absolutely. In fact, since we're uh... Since your audience is here more to talking about finance stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie it all in to uh, to that. So years ago, in my early 20s, I had a mentor. He said, "Paul, he said, if you make 
a decision today. He was mentoring me on building my companies on financial success. And he said, make a decision today that you're going to donate a huge percentage of your money to charity. It'll make all the difference in your business. And, I, and I'm like, well, what is a huge percentage? And, you know, the average person, the average person donates about a little less than 2% of their of their money every year to charity. And, and they say, well, you know, maybe, you know, rich people donate more. No, they don't. Actually, millionaires statistically donate less percentage-wise, less than 2%. And it makes me sick because they've got so much more to work with. And and um, he said he said make a decision to donate not just two percent, not five, but upwards of ten, fifteen, even twenty percent of your money to charity, and that alone will will. He said he said if you if as you're building your companies and you're working on financial success, he said you can call it karma. You can call it God, you can call it the universe, call it whatever you want to. There's a higher power very interested in us doing good, and you will you will be amazed at the financial success that will happen because of it. He said, now don't do it just for the goal of getting rich, right? Do it out of the charity of your own heart, and you'll be amazed at what comes back to you. And I said, I said, can I just wait until I'm rich? To donate, right? I mean, right, right now, I, I, if I, if I took that same money, let's say I'm, I'm earning two thousand dollars a month, right? I said, what if I took that, that twenty percent? I have to live on sixteen hundred a month. What if, what if I took that money and just reinvested back into my company, right? Then my company grows faster. Then I'll have more money to give when I'm rich, right? Right. He goes, no, it doesn't work that way. He said, start now, start right now, donating, not only your money. I'm sitting here whining to him, right? He said, not just your money. He said, donate upwards of 20% of your time. I'm like, holy crap. You know, I I, I thought that I was going to use my extra time to earn that extra money that I'm giving away. Now you want me to give away some of my time too? He said, he said, yeah, that's the key is, is, is you do that. You will see abundance in your life like you've never imagined. And so I did, you know, I was started donating, but I, I didn't know where. I'm like, okay, do I just give it to this guy that's, you know, is asking me for drug money? I don't know if he's going to spend it. Over time, I finally decided to focus on on children. I donated a lot of time and money to a lot of different child-related charities. I was on the Make-A-Wish board of directors in, in the Utah area for about seven years. I was the incoming chairman for Make-A-Wish when I got a phone call that changed my whole life. And uh, that phone call was from our attorney general. He knew I donated a lot to child-related charities. And he said, Paul, I need to I need to talk to you about something that's pretty dark. It's the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world. And good people don't even know that it's happening. He said, there's a Homeland Security agent who's identified some children in Cartagena, Colombia that are being trafficked, sold for horrific things for sex. I'm like, what? People are buying kids for what? And and uh, he said, yeah, this and this is the 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 script that we loosely made the sound of freedom off. Of. Now, if you've seen the movie, um we took about eight different rescue missions. We took a lot of different operators and put them all together into just a handful of characters. 
you know, in the in the movie, my character was Pablo, the one that the Homeland Security agent said, you know, if we can get Pablo to come, then, you know, he can fund this. I'm not the only person that funded things. You know, Glenn Beck and his entire audience uh, helped to, to fund a lot of different things. But we needed to put that all into a single character. And same thing with Jim Caviezel's character and others. We put mm-hmm. a lot of different things in there together. But but um, in real life, what happened is he he called me from uh, the Homeland Security agent, called me from uh, Cartagena, Colombia. And he said, Paul, he said, there's not just 20 children here. There's more than 50. I think there's more than 100 children in the surrounding in other cities in Colombia that we want to, we can rescue all 100 children on the same day. He said, I, if, I'd love to have your help if you're willing. And I said, I thought he needed money. I said, well, how much do you need? He said, I need you. Can you be in Colombia in two days? And um, he needed somebody who could effectively negotiate a multi-million dollar real estate transaction. That was my background in real estate uh, with, with these traffickers. One had a piece of property, wants to develop into a child brothel sex resort yeah. in which he can make millions. He thought he can make tens of millions of dollars a year selling children to wealthy Americans. And uh, now you said you said wealthy Americans. Uh, I just want to interrupt your story for a second. Um, when we're talking consumers of this uh, of this crime, um, who are the biggest consumers? I'm not going to say it's just wealthy ones. This sting these these traffickers were going to charge a hundred thousand dollar membership fee to this this resort they were building, and so their target was wealthy Americans. However. The crime itself is more rampant than you can imagine. And it's not just guys traveling to third world countries. As we've as we've grown past the Child Liberation Foundation and into liberating humanity as a whole, our goal is, is, is to curb the demand side and to fix something that is significantly bigger than just the a child being sold in a third world country. Literally one in every four women that you know right now, one in every four women have been a victim of sexual violence as a child. Hmm. Average age is 52 years old when they start talking about it. So the average woman just holds it all in. Now, men, it's a little bit less. It's one in every five, but that's still huge at some time in their life. And one fourth of them under the age of 10 years old. And so there's this, this epidemic of, of, of generational trauma that's happening. And the most dangerous place for your kids is not, you know, on a beach in Colombia. It's probably in a neighbor's basement, Man. right? Hmm. Or, or, or at their uncle's house. And so being aware of these things is, is super important. Yeah. So you said that's the biggest question people have after they, they start learning about this is what what can I do? And you said, go home and hug your kids. Hug your kids. Yeah. And people ask, well, how's that going to help? It's going to help huge. Here's why. The, 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 yes, what you see in the movie, yes, that happens. So, you know, once in a while, there's an affluent family and their child disappears and gets taken to another country and whatever else. That doesn't, that's not the norm. The norm is the majority of these kids that are being trafficked come from broken homes, runaways, from a broken foster care program, or a huge percentage of them sleep in their own beds at night. People are like, wait a minute, how sleep in their own? Yeah. 
either the parents are oblivious or they're involved somehow, right? And, and this happens all around the world. In our own backyards, that, that if you have a solid, healthy nucleus, nuclear family that, 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 that you pray together, you stay together, you, you help build your kids' self-esteem, that's the best way to keep them out of being trafficked. But more important than that, you need a relationship with your kids where they can easily come to you and say, hey, dad, I, 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 feel, I feel uncomfortable when, when you tell me to hug Uncle Harry because of how he, how he hugs me. Or, you know, I, I, I don't feel good when I go to this friend's house because her brother touches me on the butt or, or our babysitter is showing us pornography and, 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 and tells us that we should trust her more than you. Your kids need to feel comfortable coming to you. And, and even more important than just those things, if something does happen, you know, hey, I was at school and some older kids held me down and did this or that, or, you know, I was at their house and this thing happened. When they need to feel super safe with you as a parent and coming and talking to you about these things. Why? Not only so you can go take care of that problem, but more importantly, so that you can give that child the healing that they need at that age. The epidemic that we have in our society is is the fact that so many people at 8, 9, 10, 11 years old have this trauma that they never share, that they hold inside, especially men. Men are, men are notorious for never talking about it. They're like, right. you know, that, that thing that happened when I was eight by my uncle, I'm, you know, that makes me less of a man if I, if I talk about that. No, it won't. You were eight. Right. It was a horrible thing that happened by somebody who was passing on their trauma to you. And by just talking about it releases that trauma to the point where the chances of that trauma ever being passed on goes way, way down statistically. So just, just releasing that trauma, that alone will take away the demand side. If we can all get to the point where we can help these teenagers heal and these young adults heal before they ever, ever, ever pass that trauma on. Now, statistically, most people who dealt with trauma as a kid don't ever pass it on. Statistically, two-thirds of us, they, they it may come out in low self-esteem, you know, or anger issues, but it's not going to come. We're, we're going to protect innocence at all costs, two-thirds of, of people who, but however, one out of every three, if not given the healing help that they need become contact offenders. So, so that's how we fix this problem is by yeah. helping humanity heal. Wow. So if you, if you do the math and maybe I'm doing the math incorrect, I don't know, but if one out of every five men have experienced this in their life and one out of every three of those who have experienced it, pass it on, that's one out of every 15 men pass that on. If I'm doing the math, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's, that's frightening. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And and we we need to we just throw everybody in prison? No. We people people ask me a lot. They say, Paul, how can you go 70 missions? How can you go face to face with somebody selling you a child and not have them see the hatred and the anger in your eyes? And my answer surprises them and it makes some people mad. It's this I don't hate them. Now, don't get me wrong. I put my life in danger to ensure they never touch innocence again, right? However, what I wish more than anything is that we had a time machine and we could go back five or 10 years before they ever pass that trauma on. 
and said, what is going on in your life that makes you think that it's okay to take that road? And somehow give them that help before they ever. Now, once they've crossed that line, don't waste my oxygen anymore, right? You don't, 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 don't pass your trauma onto it. And this is not an excuse. Just because you right. went through crap as a child doesn't mean that it's an excuse. However, it is important that all of us come from a compassionate standpoint to people who have dealt with that trauma to help them heal through it. We do that, we'll save millions of children. Now, did it take you a while to get to that point? Like you've been on over 70 missions and and I've heard some stories about your missions and, and I'm happy to hear more. Have that, how have those missions changed who you are as a person and, and changed the way you view other people? I will say this. Um, those missions have made me realize the, uh, you know, I don't want to get religious here, but Ephesians 6 talks about we we don't fight flesh and blood. You know, this is a fight against the darkness, the principalities of the, the evils of this world. I don't know the exact quote. I should probably memorize it, right? But but that's really what I saw. This was not this was not a battle of flesh and blood. This was not a, okay, you've got a gun, I've got a gun, you've got a knife. No, this was fighting evil in its rawest form. Yeah. And, and it took a different type of mentality and different type of energy to do so. And, and it took a connection with God to be able to just make it through all of that darkness. In fact, a beautiful story that I think that your audience will enjoy. If you uh, if you saw the Sound of Freedom movie, um, the the boats that came with all of the children. Okay, in real life, um, one of our operators was named Joseph, and and you can go to Liberating Humanity and you can see an interview that I did with Joseph. But Joseph was a Krav Maga expert trainer, and he was one of the guys providing security on one of those boats that went to pick up the kids. Now these boats were huge. There was fifty four children loaded on two boats plus all the traffickers. Right, they're the size of of school buses. And come, he, he realized the magnitude of the problem when all of these kids were being loaded on this, this boat, these two boats coming out. But as they were coming out on his boat, and I just found out about this recently, but it was so beautiful in my interview with him. He said, one thing that wasn't brought up earlier that was just transformational. He said, as the boat was coming out, there was a bunch of the younger kids that were visibly scared to death. They're, they were just, they, the, the traffickers had given them um drugs but the drugs were starting to, to to wear off and there was still a lot of anxiety of some of the younger kids and so one of the older children who had been trafficked for a while that kind of knew what was going on um he pulled all the kids together and joseph said he he couldn't he couldn't hear what he was saying because of the the engine but he he pulled all the kids together and they were all kind of in this circle and then they all held hands and the older victim, child, started to offer up a prayer. And I don't know what was said in that prayer. But little did they know that the answer was already in place. Yep. That, that they would not have to go through the pain and the horror that they were so scared of. That they were going to be rescued that day. And uh, so that was a, a beautiful story of faith. And I think that the entire process is one of, of building faith in, the, in a better world, in a world where that kind of thing doesn't exist 
in a world that we can all come together from a from a from a heart standpoint and help each other heal and help each other live a life that is free of that kind of 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 evil in every way yeah that's amazing and i know you're uh i got to meet your your beautiful and talented wife vanessa as well um a couple weekends ago when when we were all in texas together and it was great spending time with you guys but i know did you hear where where i stole her from oh you got to tell this story Okay. This is awesome. Yeah. All right. So, so, so we, we met, we met in Haiti. I tell people meeting a, meeting a beautiful Colombian actress is kind of cool, but when she's donating her time at an orphanage in Haiti, that's my girl, right? She's freaking amazing. And, um, so if, uh, look up Henry Cavill, just type in Henry Cavill on your, your phone right now, guys. And you'll Henry Cavill. That's the, that's the actor who plays Superman, right? He's the yeah. Superman, you know, yeah. versus Batman, Superman, right? That's Henry Cavill. Well, yep. Henry was at, at Vanessa, Vanessa's my wife. Uh, her, her full name is Ada Vanessa, H-A-D-A, Ada Vanessa. But um, Vanessa's actually her last name. He was at her work almost every day. And um, they went on a few dates. I mean, not big. They weren't like girlfriends, whatever. But they went on a few dates. And then uh, she, uh, she dropped him for me. <laughs> You stole, stole Superman's Super girl. What? He's a pretty, he's a pretty big dude too. Pretty big. Yeah, but he's not cha- trained in a Israeli hand to hand combat she, like you. She are. had on on her phone his 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 phone number was there. Henry Cavill, my future husband. Uh-huh. I I changed I changed it to Henry Cavill, the fake Superman. <laughs> yeah. she, that, he's that, he's, uh, a, he's a good good guy, but yeah. That's a hard that's, story that's to top. That's that's my that's my mic drop. Boop. Yeah. Right what on. else do you need? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's so, awesome. But I wanted to bring her up because um, I think she she deals a lot in just pulling those kids out of that situation is just the first step, right? In in that recovery, you recover mm-hmm. them physically, and then you guys go to work on recovering them emotionally, spiritually, every other way. Um, describe that part of, of this whole process and your, and your the, foundation. Yeah. I, I tell people that the work that we do in, in rescuing the kids and pulling them out of hell, that's, that's the easy job. You know, the, the hard job is, is the next five or 10 or 20 years in, uh, in dealing with a challenged child that's had that kind of trauma. What's beautiful is that knowing that they went through that kind of trauma it's easy to immediately start getting the help that they need and the psychological help and helping them bounce back. Back to what I was talking about earlier, the uh, the most difficult trauma to heal is one where somebody in your own family dealt with abuse at 10, 11 years old and never talked about it and never got the help that they needed. So it's, yes, it's traumatic for these children, but, but uh interestingly enough, there's a large percentage of the kids that either the, the parents were involved or the parents were oblivious to it. And, and that was my and, question. I yeah. was going to ask you, Paul, so, is, you know, generally what were the circumstances, you know, kidnapped out of their bedroom? Like we've kind of heard about in the United States sometimes where the guy came in the window and then took her into the mountains in Utah or Idaho or wherever it was. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Elizabeth um, Smart. They, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Smart. That's it. And years years later uh there you know there she is um so is it 
is it more than you think 50% there, there's a relative involved and we're just, or is it not really known? Yeah. Yeah. Southeast Asia in, in Thailand, more than half the children that were rescued there were, were sold by their own families. And, um, you know, in a situation like that, you can't put them back into a home that they're going to be sold again, you right. know, and so you've got to find a healthy house for that. The majority of the actual traffic children come from broken homes, from runaways, from, from a, a very broken foster care program, uh, internationally everywhere you know if you've got a a broken family that's um that's a sure sign for um for a potential abuse of the children and so so yes those things happen from a, from a healthy family you know a lot of the people listening are like okay you know we, we've got a healthy family together the things that you can do to keep your kids safe from stuff like that is Number one, the relationship with your kids where they can talk to you about, you know, what's going on at school or, or with the babysitter, et cetera. But when you're traveling, be very careful with their social media. You know, a lot of parents don't understand that, that, that these predators, they, they are really proficient in using social media to identify at-risk kids or identify kids that are maybe traveling without their parents or identifying what, what certain um, schedules are for the kids so they know where they're going to be at what times, et cetera. So those are all um, – uh, we, had, we had a takedown in, in, uh, in Cancun where one of the traffickers that was selling kids as young as seven years old – um, that he he was bringing in new recruits by going through social media and and and, and identifying girls and 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 even young boys that seemed to be traveling without uh, parental supervision, even if they were 13, 14 years old or whatever. So that happens a lot. So be be super aware of, you know, there's no reason to have your kids have their social media that's accessible to everybody. Make it so that the only people that can see their stories is their friends. That should be enough. They don't need the whole world to see where they are. Yeah, and I'll I'll add something else I just learned about today. Apparently with the new iOS update, yes, it automatically selects something where if somebody brings their iPhone and touches it with your iPhone, it transfers your contact information to their phone. Strangers right. could walk up to you and to the kids and just tap their phones and they've got their info. Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I just discovered that. So that's getting yeah, so shut off shut immediately. Shut that off, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's in your uh, your airdrop setting. So right. yeah, yep. get rid of that. Um, so, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, I, I wanted to, to... I recently saw the movie, Paul, and I didn't get to see it in the theaters because of... I don't really know why. Uh, my, my, <laughs> one of my best friends was like, Paul, you have... And he, he doesn't have kids, but great dude, Marine Corps officer. He's like, you got to see, you have to see this movie. So I watched it recently. Phenomenal. I like, I like, I like the actor selection. The, you know, people I think that are of our mindset, great appeal of the movie. Like, can't believe this is happening. Unbelievable. It's you said, I think, in the other uh, interview that I watched, that it's it's like it's growing. This business of trafficking children is growing more than the drug business because you you can sell a child multiple times a day, right? Um, unfortunately, there's a there's an element in our country, and maybe it's maybe across the West, you know, including Western Europe and and other places where they're like, well, you know, it's 
it's a little, it's not really happening at that level, blah, blah, blah. And of course, they never said that about the movie Taken, right? With Liam Neeson, because, you know, maybe he's <laughs> but, Yeah, they're downplaying it. things, and then they're trying to run hit pieces on, like, yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's a shame. Um, and I, I think most people can see through the noise to see the truth. Um, but, you know, what is your response, I guess, to just that kind of garbage that's just out there now? And, and why are they... Why? Why do it? Why? Why say, "Hey, this isn't a big problem" when it actually is? Want another real answer? Yes, <laughs> always. There's um, there's more people involved than we want to admit. Yeah, uh, from a political standpoint, from a big media Hollywood standpoint. Sure. Um, and and this film goes against their narrative and starts conversations that they don't want to have people having. What are those conversations? Uh, what is child trafficking? Is it really happening? Is there is is child abuse really as big of a deal? Is it, it the these conversations two years ago wasn't a wasn't something that would be a polite dinner conversation, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not talking about now that the movie's out, now you can say, okay, yeah, let's talk about this. Really, what are some things that we can do to keep our kids safe? What what are some things? You know, I was listening to this interview with Paul, and he was talking about how literally one in every four women at at the minimum have been victims of sexual abuse as children. It's probably a lot higher than that. Those are just ones that actually say something about it. And so how can we start having these conversations? The, the narrative, and, and here, here's the answer too. You, uh, you take a look at what is being force-fed to your force-fed to your families through, through big media, through Hollywood, et cetera, and this, this slow degradation of of moral principles and things like uh the 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 tv series cuties which netflix said oh yeah we'll take cuties. The little but, kids right yeah, which little, is why me and so many other people canceled it 10 yeah. year olds that are dressing up like strippers yet they would turn down sound of freedom why why mm-hmm because unfortunately this is this is more pervasive in this country than we like to admit. In fact, the United States, the one thing that we are able to track, things like child pornography. The United States is the number one consumer and the number one producer of child pornography in the world. Now you can say that's because we we have more computers here. Well, that and the fact that there's this, this level of unmitigated evil that that is happening from these from these these massive arrogance. They 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 say that that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Unfortunately, you've got a huge percentage of this country that see themselves as somebody with absolute power, right? You've got a certain checkbook, you've got certain connections, you've got some whatever else. And that level of of arrogance inevitably leads to abuse of, of these children. So, and it's not just in trafficking in a third world country, it happens in our own backyards. And that's, that's a narrative they don't want to talk about. You know, I, I live, um, I live just outside of the swamp. So I guess you can kind of tell where, <laughs> where I am. Um, and I see it, Paul, uh, and Dave knows this when I PC, I'm in the army active duty and I moved here a couple of years ago and, and, uh, we had, you know, we were basically forced to put our kids in private school. You know, we went from rural Kentucky where there was good family values there, right? And the public schools were okay. 
and we got to talk to the teacher. And so anyway, you come here and the, the culture here is a lot different. I see what I would consider moral decay um, every day. I see it at the elementary school. My son, you know, was in a basketball league or baseball league, and there's this certain sort of flag in the window. Or, um, and I think so. What you're saying, I'm I'm not surprised by the fact that we're leading the way in child pornography as as the United States of America, the greatest country that has ever been. Yet we have this huge decay of of the moral fiber of our nation over the last couple of generations. Let's say, um, you know single family homes or, you know, um, just, you know, anyway, all, all yeah. of it, all of it, you know, and I just, it always boggles my mind of, you know, why is it happening and how can I, in my little world, how I can push against it and just try to stop it, you know? It, it's, I think we and our, our audience would rather know the truth, even if it's uncomfortable, than go on believing a a reassuring lie so i want to thank you for bringing the awareness out in this i know that that movie got held up we don't have enough time to go into it but it was held up for like five years right you guys completed this movie five years ago yep. and it took that long just to get distributed and put out because i think there are evil forces working against you to keep that from from getting out um so thank you for everything you're doing and getting this message out and sharing it and everything you've gone through and, and probably everything you're going to go through. It's, it's not easy, I'm sure. And, and there's people that, that, that got your number, right? Um, yeah, they do. I'm, I've, I'm, as you said, I already had hit pieces out on me and, and that's okay. You know, I, I could, I could just retire quietly and have a, have a, you know, house on a river with a garden and a gun and just not have to deal with people the rest of my life. But <laughs> I think that at the end of this life, God would say, Paul, I, I gave you resources and experience that could truly transform the lives of many, many people. And, uh, and, and I'm expected to use those in a way that I can be a good steward of those resources and of my experiences in a way that can help, help people heal and, and help humanity in any way that we can. So, and, and being on your show is part of that. I'm just super grateful for any opportunity to be able to share my heart and my, my experiences in a way that can help people keep their kids safe and help them heal in any way we can. Well, thanks. And speaking of being a steward of good, uh, you know, good steward of resources, I, I would like to, like one of the biggest things I, I like to give, and we have a lot of listeners who give to charities um, the difficulty is finding a charity that like, you know, your money is actually going to work where you think it's going to work. Can yeah. you just, um, tell people how we can, um, you know, we want to give of our resources, you know, first we're going to go hug our kids. Yeah. Right. But two, we've got resources that we can, that we can put, uh, it add to this fight. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that want to do that. So if you can just tell us We'd love that. how yes. we can do that and then what, how your foundation operates. Um, Thank you. Thank you, please. David. So, so uh, two things, first of all, the, the child liberation foundation, you can go to liberatechildren.org, liberatechildren.org and uh, get some information there to help keep your kids safe. Uh, uh, learn about the programs that they're working on. You can donate a, uh, 
$10,000 or $1,000 or $100 or $5 a month, you know, whatever you want to do to, to make a difference there. I will say this as well. The uh, the administrative costs of running the Child Liberation Foundation, I have committed to uh, donate my own money into the foundation to cover that, thereby assuring that the money from all the donors that is coming in goes directly to creating programs of healing, to expanding the safe houses, to helping to pay for the the rescue missions and the the operations to take down the networks, et cetera. So those are those are all things that you can be assured that that uh, that my donations into the foundation cover the the basic admin costs so that all of the money donated there to liberate children will goes directly to to the cause so that's liberatechildren.org you can also get in that the there's uh, you can also go to liberating there's an ing on this one liberating humanity and uh, liberating humanity is not a 501c3 like the like child liberation but you can still get involved there you can um that that one is is uh, helping with healing retreats. It's investing in different healing retreats for adults uh, who have dealt with some trauma and whatnot that want to get the help that they need. Um, you know, that costs money for that. And the profits coming from those go back into the, the 501c3 and, and helping there. So if you want to get involved there, if, if somebody wants to get involved on a big level, uh, donate at least $10,000. And as part of that $10,000 donation, I will commit to uh, an hour of of mentoring time on your business if you're interested in that or um, being on your podcast or being on my one of my podcasts for an hour or um, looking at a deal that you have, et cetera. Or you can uh, take that and, and actually join us on one of the uh the the trips to latin america in uh in using the money to help build some things that we're doing there so those are all things that if people want to get involved you can go to liberating humanity or liberate a child or liberate children.org awesome and we will put those in the show notes for sure so all right well hey we we really appreciate what you're doing everything you do and uh Thank for you, giving Dan. us this time and we're happy to spread the message and uh i'm sure we're going to find a lot of uh, interested listeners. So I'll just plug that movie. Go see the movie. If you haven't, take your children. and probably 11 years old and up. It, it's a safe movie. Um, yeah, very, very well done. Um, you know, it, you know, I'm Italian, so I get a little emotional. And uh, it, it's a uh, big baby. No, big baby. Yeah. But, um, you know, that, that movie spoke to me, Paul, and I appreciate you. Uh, just pre- appreciate everything you do and it's it's phenomenal and thank you for thank you for being our guest as well it's uh dave's such a connector you know such a good looking dude up there i you well know? we got connected by a connector so i'm, I'm look at that i'm happy that <laughs> that, that that worked out just like you said paul like you know thank you, you never know who you're gonna meet and you, yep. you go somewhere and you meet people and you meet people through that person and and here we are recording yep. so um yeah well thanks and uh giving us our best We'll do. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be following your story. I'm sure there's much Thank more you, to David. it. Thank you, David. Thank you, Paul. Super grateful to both of you. If I don't talk to you beforehand, have a fantastic holiday, and just send me a, a link whenever it's up and live, and I'll have my my team go ahead and add it to the links on our Liberating Humanity website as well. Sounds great. great. We'll do. Excellent. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank you. you Thanks, both. Paul. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. 
If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.